All right, let's, um, let's get into this word. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians 9. 2 Corinthians 9. Again, uh, you haven't been following us. Uh, we've been talking about true riches. Uh, I might do a little bit of review, not a lot, but I know last week we had technical, technical difficulties, so, but that video is out on, uh, it is out there on the uh, Facebook as well as YouTube. Uh, Facebook, you know, when you, when you uh, record something and send it out, it comes across as a still shot. So you might have to just read, uh, you know, um, the social media team did a great job of just saying, hey, uh, we wasn't, um, we weren't live, but we did record it, hit this link. And then on um, YouTube, it's not under the live videos, it's under videos. You know, so what we do live is has one category, but it's under videos, all right? So avail yourself to that so, we, you know, you can stay in step with what we're talking about. All right, so 2 Corinthians 9, starting with verse 6. Uh, and I'm reading out of the classic Amplified version. It says, now remember this, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows generously, that blessings may come to others, will also reap generously and be blessed. Let each one give uh, thoughtfully and with purpose, just as he has decided in his heart, not grudgingly, or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver and delights in the one whose heart is in his gift. So even when you give a gift, if your heart's in it, you know, but you know, you ever like the holidays come and somebody roped you into one of those exchanges, well, you giving them something, but your heart's not in it, right? You're like, man, y'all can't believe y'all got me doing this. Well, not me, because you're not roping me into that. All right, so... It says, and God is able to make all grace, now every favor and earthly blessing come in abundance to you so that you may always, under all circumstances, regardless of the need, have complete sufficiency in everything, being completely self-sufficient in him and have an abundance for every good work and act of charity. So in other words, when we operate in God's system, we want for nothing. And not only do we want for nothing, the people that God has placed in the demand of us to be a blessing to, they ain't want for nothing either because we have the resources to operate in every act of charity, right, in every uh, act of love, right, or good works is what the scripture said, right? Uh, it says, as it is written and forever remains written, he, the benevolent and generous person, scattered abroad. He gave to the poor. His righteousness, keep, keep focus here, endures forever. It says, now he who provides seed for the sower and bread for food will provide and multiply your seed for sowing. That is your resources. And increase the harvest of your righteousness, which shows itself in active goodness, kindness, and love. You will be enriched in every way so that you may be generous and this generosity administered through us is producing thanksgiving to God, like from those who benefit. So when people benefit from our benevolence and our generosity, what do they do? They thank God, all right? So that's a way of, of evangelizing, like positioning ourselves to be good stewards and let God give us resources so we can be a blessing to the body and the kingdom. You know, the world system um, is a little different. 
It's hoard, 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 right? And sometimes people are hoarding because they're greedy, but sometimes people are hoarding because they're afraid. You know, they think it's about to, you know, at any time it's about to crush. So that's why people don't do things. So you got, you know, again, I'm not putting nobody down, but we have to talk about everything. Otherwise, you know, how are we going to grow, right? So, you know, if you think about our culture, our culture tells you to work a job, establish a, a four, what, four, three, or four, one, a pension or what have you. Now, some people are in some very tough situations in their life where the relationships aren't working out. But they'll stay in a compromised situation. Why? Because ain't nobody getting my 401, 403, or my, or my pension. Now, again, you know, drop your rocks. You know, in that situation, your, the logic is, well, this person, maybe they're irresponsible. You know, they don't deserve whatever. They might not deserve it. But there's things that we don't deserve. God affords us to have it. And the thing is, God is saying, you giving to somebody out of love that didn't deserve it, that's going to facilitate righteousness. That's going to set you up for enduring riches, right, or true riches. So you never lose, you know, uh, operating in generosity, right? Right? You remember uh, Renee's aunt said last week that blessed assurance is our insurance, right? All right, let's look at this uh, Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. No, I'm sorry. Ecclesiastes 5. There are quite a few uh, scriptures. You know, and I, I want us to just look at the scripture and, and look at how God is so intricate and detailed. Um, and how he, you know, spends a lot of time making sure we understand some things, all right? So Ephesians five, uh, let's Ecclesiastes five. Sorry, my body's fighting something too. <laughs> all right, sorry about that, y'all. All right, so we'll start here at at verse ten. Well, I could start in verse 9 just for, just for impact. It says, moreover, the profit of the earth is for all. And then the, after the colon, it says, the king himself is served by the field. All right? It says, he that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver, nor he that loveth abundance with increase. This is also vanity. It says, when goods increase, they are increased that eat them. And... What good is there to the owners thereof, uh, saving beholding of them with their eyes? So what it's saying is like as your goods increase, you know, you, when you live in benevolence, you enjoy them. You are generous with them, right? And they just continue to increase, right? It says, but the person that's just piling up to behold them, says, what good is that just to behold what you have with your eyes? That's not the purpose of it. It says that the sleep of, of a laboring man is sweet, whether he eat little or much, but the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. Now, this is talking about that, the, the uncertain or the unrighteous riches, right? You can't sleep. Why? Because you worry about losing everything. But if you have a, an abundant mindset, you're not worried about losing nothing because the same person that gave it to you is going to give you more if you use it to be a blessing to others, Right? We're being prepared for some things. So, 
So, so please don't take lightly of what we're talking about, uh, what we've been talking about the last few weeks. This is, there is a sore evil which I have seen under the sun, namely riches kept for the owners thereof to their hurt. It says, but those riches perish by evil travail, and he uh, begetteth the son, and there is nothing in his hand. So what it's saying is a person holds on or lords all that he has, right, and loses it through a crisis, right? Then he has a childbirth, but he has nothing left for the child, right? All because he didn't operate in God's principles. But those, uh, I'm sorry, verse 15. It says, he came forth of his mother's womb naked, shall he return to go as he came, and shall take nothing of his labor which he may carry away in his hand. So God has given us these things richly to enjoy and to distribute, um, but we're not supposed to stop and almost like uh, lord or, or, or just, uh, we talked about the other day, idols, right? Right, just like establish what we have as almost like our idol or our dependence. Our dependence is on God. Our dependence on God. Let's drop down here to verse 18. It says, Behold, that which I have seen, it is good and comely for one to eat and drink and to enjoy the good of all his labor that he taketh under the sun all the days of his life, which God giveth him. For it is his portion. Every man also to whom God has given riches and wealth has given him power to eat thereof and to take his portion and to rejoice in his labor. This is the gift of God. But he shall not much remember the days of his life because God answers him in the joy of his heart. So what it's saying is like, this is a part of life. The part of life is, you know, God has set us up. You know, we read it in First, first uh, Timothy 6. Um, God has given us richly all things to enjoy. So it's nothing wrong with enjoying what you have. It's just that when you lose sight of the purpose of what you have to. So remember, God gives seed to the sower. What? To minister bread for your food and multiply your seed some. So bread for your food, that's the part you enjoy. And then he multiplied your seed some. Like he keeps it going, right? Does that make sense? Right? So, so the, the, the principle here is seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Kingdom work first, right? Kingdom work first. I'll give you this, uh, Proverbs 8, 20 through 21. Proverbs 8, 20 through 21. It's amazing how God talks about what we have so much in the Bible. If it's, you know, you know I, I don't know how we ignore these things. So now Proverbs 8 is, the, is, is another wisdom chapter. Proverbs 8, Proverbs 9, Proverbs 7, Proverbs 4. They're all about wisdom, right? It says, I, wisdom, lead in the way of righteousness in the midst of the path of judgment that I may cause those that love me to inherit substance, and I will feel, fill their treasures. See, so, so that's why we seek the king, not the things. We seek first the kingdom of God. We grow in wisdom. So now when we, God gives us resources or true riches, we handle them right. Like we don't lose sight of God, right? God is our thirst. His wisdom is our thirst, not the things. And this, you know, uh, this is, we talked about this the other week, but I wanted to read it again, uh, the, new, the, the New Testament version, Hebrews 11.4. Hebrews 11.4. Because this principle of, of how you handle your resources started way back in Genesis. It's, look, it said this. It says, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. 
by the which he obtained witness that he was righteous. Now, interesting, you keep hearing this theme of righteousness. So how you handle your resources determines how you're seen as righteous and right standing with God, right? God testifying of his gifts and by it being dead, yet speak it. Well, why is God testifying of his gifts? Because his heart was attached, remember? Where your treasure is, there your heart will be, right? So it wasn't like, oh, I got to give, you know. First of all, how would you get the stuff? God. So remember, it's about appreciation, right? It's about appreciation, right? And God, it, it touches God's heart when he can afford us things, but we still value him more than what we have, right? We still value him more than what we have. Proverbs 10. Let's go to Proverbs 10. I just wanted to give you some scriptures that talk about these things, you know, just so you can study them for yourself. You know, some of them you may have read already. We read through the Bible all the time around here. But sometimes you can kind of, you know, you're so busy getting your daily reading in, you can read past something, you know. <laughs> it's, it says, uh, Proverbs 10, we'll start here, verse 2. We're going to read 2 through 6 and then verse 22. It says, uh, treasures of wickedness profit nothing. So that's that uncertain or unrighteous uh, wealth, right, or riches. It says, but righteousness delivereth from death. Now, the interesting thing is the colon explains the first part of the, the scripture. It says, treasures of wickedness profit nothing, but righteousness delivereth from death. So he's still paralleling what, how we steward with our righteousness. With us being in right standing with God. The Lord will not suffer the soul of the righteous to famish. So, see, again, if I'm righteous and right standing with God, I don't have to look over my shoulder. I'll never famish. Right? Be without. This is but he casteth away the substance of the wicked. Right? He, he becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. He that gathereth in the summer is a wise son. But he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causes shame. Blessings are upon the head of the just. Blessings are upon the head of the just, the righteous. But violence covers the mouth of the wicked. So when we're twisted and we're off, you know, that's why people are, uh, they, they cross over into greed. Because the more they have, the more they lose. When we're in right standing with God, the more we have, the more we get. All right? Um. And you know it's God because of verse 22. It says, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. So, so when God gives us the true riches, there's no sorrow behind it. There's no sleepless nights. Why? Because what? We're, we're in the presence of God, and we're navigating from the wisdom of God, and we're operating in the generosity of God. And so before we can give it away, I know... Um, uh, so, gentleman, uh, he, he lives in Australia. It's, I've met him three times. So he came, came out to our church twice in um, Ohio. And so because I was an armor bearer, I took him to the airport. And at the time, he was telling me, so he said, uh, so he had a little uh, Altoids uh, container. So while he's sitting at the airport, he says, he said, let me tell you what's going to be the future. He opened the Altoids container, and he had a piece of gold in it. He says, it's all going to be about gold. And so here, 10 years later, uh, he, he made his last visit in the United States in Virginia. So a friend of mine called me up and says, you know, have you heard of Peter Daniels? I said, yeah, I know Peter Daniels. I've met him. I've talked with him. He says, well, he's going to make his last visit in the United States. 
he says, you know, at our church. So we went out there. Uh, we sat with him, talked with him. But the trip is, I was sitting there looking different than everybody else because I was like, he said some things and it actually happened. And the trip is, he, you know, he said this. He said, I can't give away my money fast enough. He says, I go to the bank and I might ask him for a million or whatever. And they was like, well, Peter, every time you get his money, you just give it away. He said, have I not paid all my debts? He said, yes. He says, I just, I just give money away. Now, now, they have a gold and silver bank. No, he's dealing with some health now, so I think his son is running it. But, but he didn't have a gold and silver bank the day I met him and took him to the airport. But literally, they have a gold and silver bank. This is a Christian, and, and his, he lives his life to give away his money. But he can't give it away fast enough. You see what I'm saying? Like, by the time you give it away, there's more. He says, every time I give it away, God just sends me more. He says, I, I, I don't get it. You know, he, he's playing around. He gets it, you know what I'm saying? So just, just something to think about. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 8. I know we were in 2 Corinthians 9, but there was a conversation well, there was, a let, you know, a part of the letter was written before that in 8. I, I'm, I'm going to just jump around on for this particular passage. So when you get the chance, you can read the whole thing for yourself. Let's start with verse 2 here. It says, it says, how that in great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. So it's basically it says, you know, the deep poverty was taken over by the riches of their liberality. They gave out of the deep poverty. <laughs> they gave out of the deep poverty. And then verse 7, it says, it says, therefore, as ye abound, or, you know, or submerge in everything in faith and utterance, you know, that's the gifts of tongues and things of that nature, and in knowledge. So it's talking about all the fruits of the spirit there. Right? It says, and in diligence and in your love to us, see that you abound in this grace also. Right? Now, what grace is he talking about? Verse 9. It says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. And that through his poverty... That ye through his poverty might be rich. So he says, as you abound in all the other graces and abilities and the gifts that God has, make sure you abound in this grace also, being a good steward and benevolent. Verse 12. It says, for if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that man, according to that a man has, and not according to he has not. It says, for I mean not that other men be eased and you're burdened. So he says, he says, if there's a willing mind, it says, is it ex it's accepted what you have to give people, not what you don't have, right? He says, no, no. He says, well, let me, let me clear it up. He says, for I mean not that other men should be eased and you be burdened. He said, no, no, that's not what it is, verse 14. He says, but an equality, that now at this time your abundance may be a supply for their want, and their abundance may, <coughs> may be a supply for your want, that there be equality. 
As it is written, he that had, that had gathered much had nothing over, and he that gathered little had no lack. So since the person that gathered much had nothing over because they was constantly giving to people. The person that get, gathered little still had no lack, you know, because, again, it was about kingdom work. It wasn't, you know, uh, Acts chapter 4 talks about that when we got together and made sure nobody was thinking about their needs, right? Now, again, we're talking about this because as we cross over into this next year, you're going to have to apply these principles, right? You have to apply these principles. See, God has a way of, of uh, suddenly, doing suddenly. And so some of the suddenly that he's going to do in your life, he's hoping that it doesn't shock you to a point where you forget the principles that he's trying to give you now. So suddenly is coming, right? Yeah. So, so this is the thing, you know, and, and realize this. This is, this is why gain is not, isn't godliness. The scripture says, you know, they thought gain was godliness in 1 Timothy uh, 6, 5 through 9. Gain isn't godliness. Generosity is. Right? Gain isn't godliness. You know, and I was in cultures that people valued you based on how you gave or, or what you have. Um, and, and nobody was trying to be evil. It's just, you know, sometimes, what, what does it say in the Bible? It says, don't have respect to person, the person that shows up with the gay clothing. But it's talking about, you know, they, they dress to the hill. You know, they, you know they paid. Like, don't show them any more or less favor than you do anybody else. Right? Yeah, game is not godliness. Generosity is. Right? So, so, so. This is why the rich young ruler went through his process. Look what he told him. He says, you want to roll with me? He says, sell what you have and give to the poor. Start this process with changing your point of view of what you're dependent on. So if you're coming to follow me, Jesus already discerned in his heart. Like, your, your confidence and how you flow is based on what you have. But I want your confidence and your flow based on having me. So sell what you have. Now, he didn't say that to everybody. He said it to the rich young ruler for a reason. Um, it's Mark chapter 10, 17 to 31. So when you get a chance, you, well, let's go there. I have a note in my notes that said read it. So I guess we got to read it. <laughs> got to be obedient to what the notes say. Okay. All right. So Mark chapter 10, and we'll start here at verse 17. Now, now we, we do headings in the morning, right? So my heading says, the rich man tested. It says, the rich man tested. It says, and when he was going forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Now, he's asking for something everlasting. How do I inherit the everlasting, Okay. He says, and Jesus said unto him, why callest thou me good? There is none good, but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not. Honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these I have observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, look, look, loved him. He picked up something, loved him, and said unto him, one thing thou lackest. 
Go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, give to the poor, that thou shalt have treasure in heaven. Ooh, true riches. And come and take up uh, the cross and follow me. Now, again, this is not that it was gonna, he was going to lose everything. He was giving up everything to now have access to spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Remember, we just read that you have no, no want for anything, anything you need, all sufficiency in all things, right? So Jesus was trying to set him up because he, he, he could tell he loved him. And verse 22 yeah, verse 22, it says, and he was sad at the same and went away grieved for he had great possessions, right? It was, it was like, oh, I, can't, I can't get this up. And Jesus looked around about and said unto his disciples, how hardly shall they that have riches enter in the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words. Now, why would they be astonished if they ain't have nothing? If you don't have nothing, and Jesus said, how hard is the rich? You'd be like, yeah, it's tough for them. <laughs> but that's not what they did. The scripture says, and the disciples, were, the disciples were astonished at his words, but Jesus answered again and said unto them, children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches? See, this was the thing. So he's, he's pretty much indicating where the rich young ruler was. He trusted in his riches to enter into the kingdom of God. It is, and then he says it's easy for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they were astonished out of measure, saying among themselves, who then can be saved? Why are they even thinking that? Why would you say who then could be saved if you ain't got nothing? See, in their culture, in their world, we all got stuff. Like, so how are we going to be saved? If you say because we have stuff, we can't enter in. Right? Do you see how that is? It says, and Jesus looking upon them said, with men it is impossible, but not with God. With God all things are possible. Then Peter began to say unto him, lo, we have left all and have followed thee. And Jesus answered and said, verily I say unto you, there is no man that has left house or brethren or sister or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospel. But he shall receive, look. So again, you, it seems like you're losing something on the front end. But look at what this says. But he shall receive a hundredfold. A hundredfold of what? All those things they gave up. Look, it says, now in this time, houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions. And in the world to come, eternal life. So he's talking about now in this time and the world to come. See, people keep telling you wait for heaven. We don't really need riches in heaven. By the time we get to heaven, we, we, we did the evangelism already. We don't need to draw people in because we got stuff. And everything is there in heaven, right? Streets of gold. It says, but many that are first shall be last and last shall be first. Right? Now, again, when it says the camel, it's hard for a camel to get through the eye of a needle. I probably shared this before. It's not talking about a camel trying to get through a sewing needle. Right, it, you know, back then the the, the uh, cities had had uh, walls around them, and the 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 gates were shaped like the eye of a needle. So when a camel walked up to the came up to the gate, he had to a lot of times drop down on his knees and crawl through. 
Sometimes he had so much stuff, they had to take off some of the stuff. Then he had to crawl through, and then he had to put the stuff back on. So, so, so it's not saying a person can't get into the kingdom of heaven. It says because of their load, it's going to be a lot more difficult. Right? Does that make sense? Right? So, see, the rich young ruler had, had because he, he had great possessions and he, he, was, he trusted in his possessions, he had to start with a big seed or a precious seed, uh, Psalm 126 talks about, right? Because he had big bondage, big seed for big bondage. So he had a big bondage to money worship, right? So now, so for him to get released from that, Christ took him through that process, right? So big precious seed for big bondage. See, he didn't know, he didn't understand that if you give to the poor, it will be given to you again. He didn't understand the system. Proverbs 19.17 says, He that has pity upon the poor, that's done that or without, lendeth unto the Lord, and that which he has given will he pay him again. Now, the difference is given to the poor, you get back what you gave. That ain't the 30, 60, 100-fold. That's whatever you gave, right? So Christ was trying to, as we talked about this in the money point of view, he was trying to shift the rich young ruler's money point of view. And, and you know, I, as I was meditating on this, the Holy Spirit was showing me that. Uh, I shared this before, but that uh, it wasn't a one-shot deal. Like, he, he felt sad, but he could have came back and tried again, you know. See, basically, and we're, we're going to, we may have some time to talk about it today, but he was being asked to convert his money his money's purpose to be in kingdom purpose, to shift from accumulation of things to the winning of souls, right? So he was being, he was being asked to shift. Okay, so you want to follow me. I'm all about souls. So now I don't need you depending on what you have. I need you depending on what I have, right? So he was shifting his, his, his view. Now I need you to cross over to the kingdom in the world. You're dependent on this. You deal with people with a level of uh, arrogancy a put down because you go, well, I got money, you don't. See, in the kingdom, you don't, you don't deal with people based on what you have. You deal with people based on who you are. But a lot of times, you know, you think about, we talked about this the other, the other week, you know, when you show up at, uh, you know, we don't, we don't even go home, but we'll show up for reunions if we got money, just so we can say, yeah, you know, I did such and such, I did this. You know, you constantly tell people which, you know, how much you're making and this, that, and the other because you feel, look, I'm valuable. I know, I know some people that, you know, because of what they do for a living, it costs them to make a lot of resources. It was, it, was, it, it was good and bad. It was good because, you know, they had the resources they never had before. The reason why it was bad because it was hard for them to receive wisdom because they felt, I am the all wise because I've accomplished this goal. No, that don't make you wise. That, that, that make you skilled. You know what I'm saying? So now it was hard for them to talk to, to one of us that don't have their resources. But that's how they got there. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and that's what happens. Sometimes people lose sight. Now, now God's system is, remember we talked about the unrighteous man and the unrighteous riches and the true riches and how he's trying to get us to convert or make an exchange. And so, 
Let's look here. Oh, okay, so we're going to talk about the exchanges. I told you we were going to talk about that. So it's like taking your unrighteous mammon. It's unrighteous until it's exchanged or converted for kingdom use, right? So, see, remember the servant was called unfaithful when he hid the seed, remember? He was unrighteous and unfaithful. He didn't expose it to the the conversion process of being planted or given away, right? You remember that? (coughs) We went over that. (coughs) We went over the... the, uh, of the the talents, right? And you see that theme again, right? The response wasn't you're a bad steward. The response was you're not righteous. For those that did that did right with their resources, they were called righteous. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Or, or the person, when it was, uh, uh, remember, he gave 10 cities, right? I know it was two different, um, uh, two different, um, parables. Well, it's different breakdown. All right, so so God's system is seed time and harvest, Genesis 8.22. So as long as the earth remain, there'll be seed, time, and harvest. Right? Seed, time, and harvest. I was thinking through this, we were going through, I tell you, you got to be writing all the sermons, we were going through Deuteronomy. Either we were going through it or I was going through it. I'm not sure. Where we at? Where we at in the morning? Do y'all know? Where we at in the morning? Okay. So we didn't get there yet. <laughs> so Deuteronomy 15. <laughs> I should remember that this morning, but I was a little, uh, I was a little out of it. Uh, so Deuteronomy 15, and, and we'll start here at verse 12. Might not have that back there, sir. It says, uh, now, now this is the interesting thing, because remember we talked about um, there was big seed for big bondage, right? And we talked about uh, be faithful in that which is another man's, and God will give you your own, right? So look at this. This is, this is uh, the process of those that were slaves. This says, and when thou sendeth him out free from thee, and thou shalt not let him go away empty. So this is when a person was uh, serving you for like seven years, right? He says, so it says, when you send him away free, uh, thou shalt not let him go away empty. Thou shalt furnish him liberally out of thy flock, out of thy floor, out of thy winepress. Of that wherewith the Lord thy God has blessed thee, thou shalt give him, Right? It says, and and thou shalt remember that thou wast a bondman in the land of Egypt, and the Lord thy God redeemeth thee. Therefore, I command thee uh, this thing today, I shall not, it it shall not seem hard unto thee. Now, I might be, because I have 12 through 15 and 18, but I got them all jumbled together, so I apologize. I should have went to the chapter um, so I can see which is which. I'll go to the chapter. 15. Trip is Deuteronomy 14 talks about tithing. Oh, I'm sorry. That's tomorrow's. I'm jumping ahead. 
But uh, 15, 12 through 15. All right, let's look at verse 18. It says, and it shall not seem hard unto thee when thou sendeth him away free from thee. For he has been worth a double, a double hired servant to thee in serving thee six years. And the Lord thy God shall bless thee in all that thou doest. So I'm saying, now I have this person serving me. Now, this, now, I know we're talking about service and stuff like that, but I want you to think about jobs, think about growing in ministry and different things like that. So you got this person serving you, but they're serving faithful. So it's not, because he said it was like a double. He was like a double servant. So he's consistently over the top faithful, not at his convenience. It says, so now he's being released, but he's being released with just, it says liberal, just like you got a fresh start. He's been faithful in that, which is another man's, and God has given him his own. So there's an exchange takes place, and then God says, hey, I'm going to bless you. So now you're getting something from the heaven realm blessing you because you, 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 when you sold the precious seed or the person that was serving you, if they was operating like a double servant, you really needed them, right? But you was willing to release them and release them with resources. That's the way it's supposed to operate, right? And, and, and this principle here, he wasn't saying do this for anybody. He was saying do it. Do it to the person that was faithful in another man's, right? It's uh, Hebrews 10, 34. I want us to read that too. Just, just jump through some scriptures just so you can study these things out for yourself. You remember when uh, in that parable we read, uh, when he came back to the servant and he says, uh, you know, where is where is what I gave you? He says, well, here, I got, I got what I gave you. He said, why didn't you give it to the exchangers? See, he was like, why didn't you exchange it? See, when we hoard, it's not being exchanged from unrighteousness to righteousness. All right, Hebrews 10.34. It says, for, for ye had compassion on me and my bonds or when I was bound and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourself that ye have in heaven a better an enduring substance or true riches. So he's saying it was when I was restricted, you took of your benevolence and took care of me. But you knew, oh, no, I'm not losing nothing. I have even more, a more enduring substance because I'm connected to the Father. Right? So, so this whole process is start to depend on God, Right? Remember, the scripture says, don't store for yourself where moth and rust dust corrupt, right? So if it's stored up in the earth, it can be taken. If it's stored up in the heavenly places, it's protected and exponentially multiplied. If it's stored up in the earth, it can be taken. It can be consumed. If it's stored up in heavenly places, it can be protected and exponentially multiplied. Remember, he said, you shall receive a hundredfold now in this time and everlasting life. Exponentially. Like, you know, people keep saying they look at a hundredfold as a hundred times. That's not what that is. Because if you, have, if you have a piece of paper and you fold it in half, now that one becomes two. If you keep folding it, if you keep folding it, 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 it it's, not, um, it's not like a, 
100 times one. Right. You know, I'm, I'm a, a former math guy. Exponents is different. You know, <laughs> exponents is two times two times two times two times two times two. Exponents is a whole other thing. So we're talking about exponentially. Now, why is God doing that? Because God needs us in the earth realm because, remember, he says the Gentiles have needed these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all things are added unto us. He, he, he wants to draw the Gentiles into the kingdom. So he knows they have needed these things. He says, I know you have needed these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things will be added. What God is, is, is setting us up for in the upcoming year, it has to be kingdom first as a default. Because remember, if, 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 if that's not your default, the riches will pierce you through with many sorrows. Right? If it's not your default, so you want it to be your default. Right? See, that's how the five uh, fishes and the two loaves get converted. The boy gave them for the kingdom work. And look at all them people that they fed. Right? Remember, uh, the, the prophet goes to the young lady and said, make me a cake first. She gave it to the man of God. And she, she, she saved her life and her child's life. Remember, she said, well, I, I'm about to fix this last piece of cake, and we're about to die. So now how many of us, as a man or woman of God, would have told that young lady, because you're trying to get her some kingdom resources, you want her to make an exchange? How many of us would have said, make me a cake first? Most of us, most times, like, hey, it's your last cake. Do what you got to do. And the last thing you're going to say is, Make me a cake first because per- you're thinking what? Logically, the person's like, I just told you. This is all I got. And you're talking about make you a cake first. You're supposed to be a man of God. That's selfish, right? But he was trying to get something to her. Remember the young lady with the cruise of oil, right? He says, man, just get, 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 get all the vessels. He said, borrow not a few. And then she just started pouring the oil. But the trip is how many of us might not have got an abundance of vessels? Well, I get about 10. About 10. 10 is cool. No. If it took you all day, every vessel in the community. But once that oil started pouring, it kept filling things up. You see that? That's why that middle, that widow's mite was valuable. Because it was exchanged into the kingdom. See, see, it's all about when the scripture says store, store for yourselves things uh, where moth and rust don't corrupt, it's, it's a legacy of eternal life. That's what it's about. Like, when we tap into this kingdom the way we're supposed to, we move freely in this earth realm because now we're not restricted by stuff. Because we have all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. We have all sufficiency in all things, as it says in 2 Corinthians 6. Right? 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Right? 2 Corinthians 9, Seven. Well, it's within there, six through ten. <laughs> right? Having all sufficiency in all things. Right? But we don't operate that you know, like that. You know, this is the thing, like, e- even when it comes to tithing, which, you know, we're going to talk about it tomorrow in um, Bible Study Fellowship because it's chapter 14. Um, but uh, let's read <laughs> chapter 14. Verses 22, you don't know we're going to read this tomorrow, right? Deuteronomy 14, verse 22. 
It says, thou shalt truly tithe all the increase of thy seed that the field bringeth forth year by year. And thou shalt eat before the Lord thy God in the place which, which he shall choose, the place uh, to place his name there, the tithe of the corn, of the wine, of thine oil, of the first things of the herd, the flocks, that thou may have learned to fear reverence the Lord God always. Right? It says, and, and if the way be too long for thee, so that thou art not able to carry it, or if the place be too far from thee, which the Lord thy God shall, uh, shall choose to set his name there, when the Lord thy God has blessed thee, it says, then thou shalt turn it, uh, turn it into money and bind up the money in thine hand and shalt go unto the place which the Lord thy God shall choose. And thou shalt bestow that money for whatsoever thy soul uh, lusts after, for oxen, for sheep, for wine, you know, it says strong drink, and for uh, whatsoever thy soul desire. Thou shalt eat there, uh, there before the Lord thy God, and thou shalt rejoice, thou and thine household. And the Levite that is within thy gates, thou, huh? and, the, and the Levites that is within thy gates, thou shalt not forsake him, for he has no part or no inheritance with thee. And at the end of, of three years, thou shalt bring forth all the tithes of thine increase that the same year, and shalt lay it upon within thy gates. And the Levite, because he has no part nor inheritance with thee, and the stranger and the fatherless and the widow, which are within thy gates, shall come and shall eat and be satisfied, that the Lord thy God may bless thee in all the work of thine hand, which thou doest. This whole thing is about reverence and appreciation. He says, he says again, he's taking the time out and saying, you've increased all these things. Take a tenth of it. And just show reverence and appreciation. That's all he's saying. Right? Um, all right, so, so in, you know, as, as we've evolved in our culture, because there's a lot of things here we don't care around uh, lambs and rams and, <laughs> and things like that, and our culture is a little different. And then, you know, they, you know, sometimes they did it every three years. Remember the place that God told him where his name would be. Well, you know, we have access to churches, and if we can't get to the church, you know, we do things online. And, and we do things uh, the first day of the, well, the first day of the week, right? All right, so let's go to 1 Corinthians 16. First Corinthians 16, uh, we're going to focus on verse 2. I'll start at verse 1. It says, now concerning the collection for the saints, I have given order to the churches of Galatia. Even so do ye, upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store, as God has prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. You see what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, so it's, it's constantly throughout the Bible. You know, of, of, of why, we, why we do what we do. Now, it took time for them to get to places of worship. We can get there in minutes. And they ain't had no cars, you know. And in some cases, you know, I know some people under the weather. 
ain't had no internet, you know, to get to God's place, it may, it may have taken them days, weeks, a year. You know what I'm saying? Like you walking, you know, or camels or what have you. But we, 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 can get to, uh, we can get to a place all the time. All right, so let's look here at Matthew 25. And I think we'll, this is Matthew 25. referenced it, but let's just read it. All right, Matthew 25, verse 14. It says, for the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. Now, whose goods were they? His, right? And unto one he gave five talents, and to another two, and to another one, and to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that received the five talents went and, and traded the same and made other five talents. Likewise, he that received two, he gained other two. But he that received one went and digged in the earth and hid the Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord, after a long time, it's important there, in plenty of time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so uh, he that received five talents came and brought other five, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, (coughs) excuse me, Lord, (coughs) excuse me. Who was that? Oh, he also that received uh, two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter, enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Then he which had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not strewed. And I was afraid, key word, I was afraid. And went and hid thy talent in the earth, lo, there thou has that is thine. He was afraid. All right. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I, I sowed not, gathered where I have not strewed. Thou oughtest, this is key, therefore to have put my money to the exchangers. And then at my coming, I should have received mine own usury or interest. It says, take therefore a talent from him and give it to him that has ten talents. For, every, for unto everyone that has shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that has not shall be taken away even that which he has. Now look at this. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Well, you know what that is, right? Weeping and gnashing of teeth? Yeah, right, that's hell, you know? Just because the person wasn't a proper steward, operated in fear, 
But, you know, when you operate in fear, you don't operate in benevolence, right, or generosity. See, the good and faithful know how to exchange their seed, right? Remember we read in uh, 2 Corinthians 8, there be a willing mind is accepting him according to as a person had and according to as he has not. That widow might understood how to make an exchange, right? See, if it doesn't cost you, it won't move God. Remember when David got that water from his boys, even though they went to an army to get it, that always throws me. He was like, no, I can't drink this. It didn't cost me anything. Right? Second uh, Samuel 24, 24. Right? First Kings 17 was the one where make me a cake first. Basically, he was saying make an exchange. So whether you have a lot or, whether, or a little, we'll all be tested. You see? So you saw from the person that had more to the person that had a little, everybody had a process they had to go through. Right? Everybody had a process they had to go through. Right? And so this is when we decide to cross over into a kingdom, cross over to the kingdom, yes, we, we're supposed to give our life to this kingdom, but a lot of times we don't give our heart because our heart is attached to stuff. Right? And so God is saying, come on, come out, come all the way in and experience this fulfilling life and the true riches that I have for you. And it's not about having, it's about being in a position to do the kingdom work, you know, good works, you know, establish my covenant, impact people's lives, right? That's Acts chapter 4. We, we can read it real quick. Let's look at Acts chapter 4. It's one of my chapters. And we'll start here, verse 32, Acts chapter 4, verse 32. It's a little audible. It says, uh, and the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Sounds like heirs. It says, neither said any of them that all of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had what? All things in common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. <laughs> Now, this scripture is after nobody said anything was their own. It says, great power gave the apostles witness. So look, it's all in the same. We try to compartmentalize it, but it's not. It says, neither was there any among them that lacked. In the next verse, after he explained the great grace, he says, neither was there any of them that lacked, for as many were possessors of land, the houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold. And laid them down at the apostles' feet, and distribution was made unto every man according to as he had need. Well, well, why did they do this? Because they were so, listen, when the power of God is moving, and lives are getting changed, and signs, wonders, and miracles happen, ain't nobody thinking about their house or their car. You know, it's all about the kingdom. And so we can tell where we are when. We spend all of our time, like, chasing resources, but not chasing God. Right? And, and that's, that's what our goal is. That's why God is uh, taking the time to have us walk through this last few weeks, because suddenly you're going to find yourself in a different position. But can, can God trust you? to still operate 
kingdom first and generosity? Or will God never see you again? Right? I mean, it happens. It's not, I'm not putting nobody down. It just happens. Right? That's all for today. I did pretty good. All right? Any, any thoughts or wisdom or insights or questions for today?